If you've got your Bibles, I want you to turn in your Bibles to John chapter 4, verse 43 to 54. I've been doing a series in my own church on the supernatural lifestyle. How many know that God has called you not just to live natural, but add super to your natural, to add extra to your ordinary, so that we bring heaven to this planet? How many know that heaven is in you and God wants to release it out of you? You know, John 7, 37 says, Out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. What I love about the church is the church should be the most living place on the planet because it represents the most living uh, creation of the world, God. You know, God is, He is life. He, there's no death in God. He is life. And Jesus said um, that He is the way, the truth, and the life. And so I believe church should be the most life-filled place on the planet. I actually think church should be a bigger party than the NFL game, then the college game, then the bar, NBA game. I think church, we should celebrate more in church than we do about winning an NBA title. I, because where else can you go with a whole heap of people in His presence? Celebrate. You know, Jubilee. God is all about Jubilee. Jubilee in Jesus is 24-7, 365 days a year. And... Uh, so I've been doing this series on the miracles of Jesus and I come to the, the second miracle, recorded miracle of Jesus and it's out of this scripture and it's in John 4, 43 and it says, at the end of two days when Jesus went on to Galilee, next verse, he said, him, he said that a prophet is not honoured, everyone say honoured, in his home, you say it so good, honoured, that is awesome, in his own hometown. Now, Jesus is setting up the word, what he's about to do, the word honor. I want to speak to you this morning on honor because I believe honor is the foundation of the kingdom. I, I, I'll show you what I, believe, what I mean. If to get saved, we need to honor what Jesus has done and the word of God so we become a Christian. If you want to have unity, you have a house of honor. If you want to be blessed financially, you honor God with your wealth. If you want to be a person who sees miracles, you honor the God of miracles. Honor is a foundational truth of the kingdom. And we talk about honor. You think about your household. In the, the, one of the Ten Commandments says, honor your father and mother so it may go well with you and you live a long life. Think about as a child, if you honour your parents, the house is peaceful. If you don't honour your parents, there's strife. Honour is a kingdom principle or a kingdom uh, foundation that sets up everything else in the, in the kingdom. Honour is so critical to the point where Jesus says here, uh, he was not honoured in his hometown. And then in verse 46, it says there was a government official in nearby Capernaum whose son was very sick. And when he heard that Jesus had come from Judea to Galilee, he went down and begged Jesus to come to Capernaum to heal his son who was about to die. He begged Jesus. Another word, a version of that or, a, or an interpretation of that is he, he prayed or he humbled himself. See, honour is saying, I understand what's in somebody and I honour it to receive what they have. Tonight, I want, well this morning, it's tonight in Australia. In this, this morning, when we honour, we release an inheritance. 
When children honour their parents, you release an inheritance from your parents. See, many times I've been brought up in the church all my life, been in the body of Christ, seen the who's who and the Christians who, seen so many people come and go. But what I've discovered is when you honour, you release an inheritance. It's that people sometimes go, well, I like that style and I don't like that style and I like that, so I'll honour that, but I won't honour that because I don't like how they do that. But if we had people in the body of Christ who instead of looked at style or, or looked at personality, start looked at, looking at what was in people and the Bible says if you're born again, if Jesus lives in you, that Christ's in you, the hope of glory. If we honour the Jesus in somebody or the God in somebody, we release the inheritance that they carry. If everyone in the body of Christ did that, we would release an inheritance that we couldn't contain. Honour not only releases an inheritance, but it also releases generational inheritance and generational blessing. You think about it. God said to Abraham, he said, see the stars in the sky, that's your inheritance. Now, Abraham was only going to live for a certain time and he was old and Sarah was old and, and, and they, ha- they produce a child, they produce um, Isaac. They only have one, one son of the promise. They don't have the billions of stars. They only have one son of the promise. Abraham could have said, well, I thought there were going to be billions, but he only had one. So what did Isaac do? He honoured what was the promise on his father's life and he produced two, Jacob and Esau. What did Jacob do? He honoured what was on Abraham, which was on Isaac, and he received 12. So it went from one to two to 12. What happens when you honour, you release a, a generational inheritance that multiplies and now we are the seed of Abraham and his blessing rests on us. And now there's billions of children of the promise that have come into existence because of honour. You think about Elijah and Elisha. Elijah's there and he's got, he's an incredible prophet. He, he has miracles and, and you know, he, he, he says it's not going to rain and it doesn't rain. And then he says it's going to rain and they go up to Mount Carmel and there's all that that happens. And Elisha says to Elijah, I want what you have. In other words, I want to receive an inheritance. I'm going to honour what you carry so that generations can hear it again. And so he, and Elisha says, okay, if you follow me, if you see me when I go, then you'll receive it. So Elisha's following around Elijah everywhere. He wouldn't give Elijah a free moment because he so wanted the inheritance that Elijah Elijah carried. And Elisha is there and the the other prophets say, go home, Elijah, have a rest. But Elisha says, no, I've got to get the inheritance that Elijah has. Elijah even says, go home. But Elisha says, no, I've got to capture what happens here. And so there he is. And Elijah gets taken to heaven and his mantle falls and it comes on Elisha. And the Bible says, Elisha does double what Elijah did. The sad thing is, Nobody honoured what was on Elisha's life and carried what he had. It stopped 
And in fact, Elisha's life was so powerful that even in his death, when they put a dead body on his bones, the dead body came alive because what he carried. But nobody said, hey, I want what you have. I'm going to honour what's in your life. That's how honour works. And so here Jesus comes, uh, the, the government official comes and he begs Jesus and Jesus says, will you never believe in me unless you see miraculous signs and wonders? <laughs> this, Jesus is sort of pushing him aside. He said, will you never believe in me unless you see miraculous signs and wonders? And he, it, it, you know, people come to me at times and say, look, I, I've got my, my son, they're sick, they're in hospital, could you come and pray for them? And, and you know, my, what I want to do is straight away get up, and leave that place and go pray for them because that's, that's the heart sometimes that you carry. You want to be there. And here is this man begging Jesus and Jesus says, would you believe in me unless you see miraculous signs and wonders? He didn't go, okay, let's go, Billy Joe. Let's go, let's go walk down the street and I'm coming to your house. He doesn't do that. So what does a royal official do? Get offended like many Christians do. When God doesn't answer your, your problem right away. <laughs> you know, so many people, well, I, I came, to, came to church and, you know, uh, you know, I asked them to do that, but they didn't do that. And so I'm going to another church. If we got so many people who changed church in the body of Christ, you know, I love this church because church is about influencing community. And that's what you're doing here. And so many people get offended in, in, in life. And, and God hasn't called us to be offended. He's called us to honour. Huh. And so there he is. And he, he doesn't get offended. He didn't go, hey, I'm a royal official. I'm a nobleman. You're a carpenter. You should come. No, the Bible says the official pleaded, Lord, please come now before my little boy dies. Listen to what Jesus does. He said, then Jesus told him, go back home, your son will live. He didn't say, hey, I'm coming. He said, go back home, your son will live. And listen to what the man's response said. And the man believed what Jesus said and started home. Wouldn't it be awesome if everybody in the body of Christ believed what Jesus said? Wouldn't that be awesome? Oh, my, my son's on drugs. But God says, as for me and my house, I will serve the Lord. It might be a situation I'm facing right now, but I'm going to believe that he's going to turn around and he's going to come and serve Jesus. I've been diagnosed with sickness. Oh, I'm going to believe what God says. By his stripes, I am healed. Would it be a, wouldn't it be awesome places everybody believed? I tweeted today, well, yesterday, and I said, you know, um, the supernatural lifestyle is at the end of our belief. We are called believers of Christ. It'd be good if we did what our name says, believe Christ. Everyone, and as I said, I've been brought up in the church all my life. You know, uh, my mum, she, she just passed away, went to, to be with Jesus in heaven. And, uh, uh, you know, she is a person who knew the Bible. We were taught the Bible. We're Bible believers. If God says it, it is what we believe. And uh, we used to call her the walking concordance because she knew the Bible. She, she would give my brother and myself incentives 
to, to read the Bible. That she'd say, I'll give you a new tennis racket if you read John, all of John and remember this memory verse, that memory verse, and that. So we did that because we like playing tennis. And, and so, she, you know, my dad would be in the middle of the sermon and, and he would go, uh, Lorraine, what, where was that scripture? And she'd tell him where that scripture was. She could quote you scripture. We had scripture all over our walls in our house. We had plaques with scripture. You know, as for me and my house, we all serve the Lord. I'm more than a conqueror through Christ who gives me strength. You know, I can do all things through Christ. When I was naughty, she would come and put these posters in my room, you know, written in hand. Um, Children, obey your parents in the law for it is good. She... We would have scripture in the bathroom, fear not for I am with thee. We'd have scripture everywhere. We had scripture on this little piece of wood. It wasn't that little, it was about that long. And on this little piece piece of wood and it would have spare the rod and spoil the child. And on the other side it had I need thee every hour. And, And I should have put at the end of it Jesus wept and so did I. Um... Been brought up in the church, seen so many things happen in, in church. Um, you know, yeah. in fact, I was taught, I tell people, if there was a cha- choice between who would discipline me, whether it be mum and dad, it'd always be dad because he'd feel sorry for me. Um, I remember one time I stayed away from school because I felt the call of the Lord <laughs> to witness to the arcade places and because uh, everyone's a missionary to their school but who's going to win the ones who aren't at school and there's so many hurting people there um, and so I said yes to the Lord uh, not really yes to my flesh and I went to these arcades and uh, came home the first day and mum said what'd you do at school and I thought well, we played a game that added up scores, so that's like math. And I said, oh, well, we did math. And, and then there was like a sporting game there, so that was sports. So we did sports. And uh, what else you do? And there was sort of science fiction sort of games, and so that was like science. And, uh, and so every day, the, and the first day it worked really well, so I thought I'd try it the second day and the third day and the fourth day and then come to the seventh day and come home. And on the seventh day, God did not rest. Um, <laughs> Mum asked me how school was and I did the whole thing and she said, well, what's this? She shows a letter from the school that's saying I hadn't been at school for seven days. And I'm like, oh, my friends stole the school stationery and um, they've written bogus letters to the parents. And uh, she goes, I rang the school. I said, oh, you did? She said, yes. And I said, oh, you're beautiful, Mum. I know you're 45, but you really look... 30 and uh yeah you just you you don't need you don't botox wasn't around then but you don't need uh, anything you're just beautiful she says wait in the bedroom for your father so i'm in the bedroom and i'm doing deals with god i'm saying god if you keep that rod from me i'll i'll serve you um i'll be a missionary for a week just to make up the seven days and and my dad walks in and he's got the stick and He's crying. He's crying. Think about it. He's crying with a stick in his hand. And then he says, this is going to hurt me more than it's going to hurt you. I said, Dad, give me the stick. You bend over and let's see if that's okay. 
And our parents, we say some dumb things at times like, do you want a spanking? What's a kid going to say? Yeah, give me one, you know. <laughs> but I've, been, I've had the fortunate life of being brought up with awesome people, and, but I've seen people in church life who come in and, and you hear about, you hear their pastor or, the, or a guest or a preacher come in or they begin to preach the word and they begin to say, I believe a city will be one. And people, yes, amen. And, and though some of those people over a period of time allow cynicism to get in and allow disappointment to get in and allow small thinking to get in. And, and they hear their same statements and they go, yeah, heard that before. Whatever. Because they've stopped honoring the word. This man believed Jesus at what he said. And if we'd have a people in the body of Christ that would believe what God says, and when it's declared, because there's something powerful about the declared word of the Lord, and when it's declared, you see, the world wasn't thought into existence, it was spoken to existence. You form your world through your words. And this man is there and he believed what Jesus said. I, I say to our church, you know, you can come to church and, and you preach the word and, and, and it's those who believe what's said is actually receive the inheritance of what's said. It's those who, who sit bit with a cynical mindset and cross their arms. See, what they're doing is they're honoring the whatever instead of honoring the God of the promise. Because every generation's had whatever. Just this generation has more of it with an attitude. Whatever. <laughs> Doris Day saying whatever will be, will be. Every generation's had whatever. It's what you honor is what you walk towards. I'll give you an example of this. Beginning of last year, God gave me a prophetic word. He said, it's a year of favor. Now, my church could have gone, whatever. Or they went, yes and amen. And that's what they did. Then we had Bishop T.D. Jakes come and preach on favor. And they went, yes and amen. Then you and your gracious uh, releasing of Pastor Robert come and preach the blessed life. And they went, yes and amen. And we honored what was said and our giving in our church went up 75% within a 12-month period. What happened at the end of that 12 months, I asked our church, who's had a job promotion? Who's had a new job? Who's had financial breakthrough this year? Would you stand to your feet? 90% of our church stood. Why did that happen? Because of honor. This year, I've declared the year of supernatural. And I remember in a meeting I said uh, that God was healing people's eyes and God was going to heal a whole heap of people's eyes. Now, we've got a lot of international students in our church and, uh, you know, they do a lot of studies, so they always wear glasses. And so one service, 40% of the, the church stood because they were international students in that meeting. And, and we were there, begin to pray and begin to believe. And, and there were people that could have sat back, well, I've stood for healing before and it didn't work. Or they go, yes and amen to that word. That's for me. I, I honor the word. A lady stood. She hadn't seen for 20 years properly. She had to wear contact lenses. And the next morning, she put her contact lenses in and she couldn't see. She took them out 
and she looked at the trees and saw detail like she'd never seen for a long time. She went to the doctors. They said, you have 20-20 vision. We're, we're just amazed at what happened. And all of a sudden, people begin to honor the word. See, by the way, the word testimony in the Old Testament means do it again. And every time there's a testimony declared and there's an honoring of that testimony, it releases something into the atmosphere for God to do it again. When there's an honoring of what God does, it actually brings inheritance and then it becomes generational inheritance and then it becomes multiplication. That's why honor is so critical in our life. Everybody honors. They either honor skepticism, negativity or small thinking and they receive the fruit of skepticism, negativity and small thinking. If you honor what God says, you receive what He says. A few weeks after that lady was healed, people started getting healed all over the place. There was a, a man who had, for 20 years, had, 90, had only 3% sight in one eye because 20 years ago, he had a wood chip fly out of a, a lathe and hit him in the, in the eye and he lost 97% of his sight in that one eye. They had to put a valve in his eye to stop it, uh, to help it not get glaucoma. And for 20 years, he's had 3% sight. He heard the word of the Lord. He honored it and said, yes, that's for me. He's there. And as his hands are lifted high, he saw a, a vision of this wood chip flying out. And he saw a hand go up and stop it. He opened his eye and he could see completely, totally the same as the other eye. He turned to his wife and he goes, which eye is I've forgotten which eye have I got a problem with because I can see well in both. She looked into his eye and saw that the valve that was in his eye had disappeared, had it completely gone. And miracles begin to break out all over the place. Why? Because of honor. We honored God's word. In fact, in fact, just quickly, right now, I believe the same spirit that rose Christ from the dead is here right now. If you need a breakthrough in your eyesight, we're just going to agree just for a moment. If you need a breakthrough in your eyesight, would you stand to your feet right now? You need a breakthrough and we're going to agree. We're going to honor the word of God right now in Jesus name. Ready? Here we go. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, God. You've done it in the past and we release it again. We speak 2020 vision in a people's situation. We declare to these eye conditions that they be healed in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Jesus, for what you've done and we expect what you're about to do. And we declare miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle. And if you believe that in this place, give the Lord a hand of praise. Amen. 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 You can be seated. You can be seated. You see, it doesn't have to be this, ooh, it just happens like that. Trust me, people are going to get healed of that. You're going to get testimony of that. I have great faith for that right now. In fact, there are people here and you have a problem with asthma and God is healing you right now. And, and asthma is being healed. And we agree right now. If you have asthma, just lift your hand and we're going to agree with you that Jesus heals you. Right now, in the name of Jesus, we declare to every asthma to go in the name of Jesus. We speak to these, these, uh, this condition to go and we speak great breathing in the name of Jesus. Someone's shoulder up here is getting healed right now. The power of God is here. We honor what God said. Now, I've got to quickly go. The Bible says that he walked, he started on home, had the word. He didn't have the report of the word coming to pass. So he starts walking. He's walking through the day. At the beginning, when God gives you a word, it's exciting. 
But I've discovered the, the further you get away from that word, the further of time it becomes between that word, sometimes the enemy comes in and says, did he really say? Didn't you come to get Jesus to go to your house and, you, and he just said, you go? And he's walking and he, he would have had to walk through the dark of night. You see, what happens is in the dark of night, spiritually, emotionally, physically, whatever situation you go through, the enemy comes in and says, does he really say? What keeps you walking to your promise is the honour of the word that was spoken over you and the word that God declared in, his, in, in, the, in the word of God. And so through the night, he's walking through the dark. You see, people, you might be going through some dark time. My encouragement to you is honour what God says about your life. Walk to the promise. Don't walk. Even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, don't fear evil. Just keep walking to your promise because surely goodness and mercy are waiting for you. And, and, and His presence and His life and His power is there in every situation. But what keeps you going is the honouring of what He said. He still hadn't received the miracle until the next day. Oh, the miracle or, or, or had already happened, but he hadn't heard about it. And that's what happens many times. God's already done it. In fact, he did it on the cross. He says, it is finished and it is done. It's, but sometimes there's a walking towards the promise for the promise to come into fruition in our life. And it's honour that keeps us walking that way. So many people at times when they go through stuff and the devil comes in, and it says, did he really say? They go off on paths and get distracted or sit down in their problem instead of saying, no, God said it. So I'm keep going. I'm stepping forward. I'm going to honour what he said. And when we do, the miracles come our way. So my encouragement to you this morning is, Honour the inheritance in people. Honour it to see a generational blessing. Honour what the Word of God says and keep living according to what God says. And He who has started a good work will complete it and He will bless you and He will prosper you and He will cause His face to shine upon you. And this morning, if we're honours of, honours of God's Word, come on, let's give the Lord a hand of praise in this room right now and thank Him for what He is to do. Hallelujah.